selling a little, cha-ching, or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the final real life store stage, all the way down to did we just hit a million dollars. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS systems, whatever and wherever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout at 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash human two that's all lowercase you're going to go to shopify.com slash human two now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash human two hello and welcome to this week's episode of i think i am human too I um, am in the old stomping grounds, if you can't tell. Just kidding. I'm at my house. And if you're watching and you've watched previously, then you've seen this house and you know that this is where I used to film. Um, so it's Ebby. It's filled with my dogs, y'all. Okay, I need to like get my life together. The girls need to sit down. I got Hattie her bone. Ebby saw the mail lady. She's just going to sit down and be nice and quiet here. Okay, you guys, I want to talk about, I want to talk about something that I've honestly never really opened up about, and there's a few different reasons why. One, I don't feel like I've really fully worked through it. As a child, um, I just kind of pushed through, and now as an adult, it almost just feels like eons ago, and it just didn't even happen in this lifetime, so I don't know. It's just very... Um, and then not only that, it's a very sensitive topic for a lot of people, not just myself. So let's just jump into it. Um, again, I am at home today. So if you hear the dogs, I do apologize. I got a really bad period this morning and I just didn't want to go into the studio space. So anyways, um, let's go back to like when it all began. So I was actually raised, I've told you guys many times, my mom is now on her third marriage and her second marriage was very long lasting. It was 15, 16 years. I don't know. So I remember as a wee little tater tot, I was raised with two older step siblings. And a lot of people will say, like back in the day, I would always say I have four brothers and a sister. Now I only have my three brothers who share the same blood as me. Um, two of which are half, but that's okay. Anyways, so I was raised with these two older step siblings and it, it's so hard talking about this because they are out in this world. I never know what they're listening to. I never know if they're listening. And I just want to preface this by saying like this is never to mean any offense to them. It's never to be rude. It's never to be like F you guys. I just 
I don't know. I haven't even really like, I literally just sat down. I was like, I really want to talk about this. Okay. So my older stepsister, she was who I looked up to pretty much my entire life. She was extremely smart. She was a cheerleader. She was beautiful. She had all these friends. Like she was who I looked up to. She had this perfect body. She was always tan. She had beautiful long brown hair. Again, very smart. She was like way ahead of her times. She ended up getting into college while she was still into high school. She was the sister that I never knew I needed, but I wanted so badly. And I just thought she was my sister. Like, again, I was raised with her like from two plus years old. So I don't, I just always thought I had a sister. I never knew like the ins and outs of like, oh, this is my stepsister. She was just my sister. Anyways, so... I always idolized her. I put her on this pedestal and I wanted to be her so badly. My parents thought she was this amazing child. She was just so outgoing, beautiful smile. Like she was the sister that you were like either jealous of or you're like inspired by. And I was so inspired by her. I was like, I want to be like her. And for years, um, it was like that for years. So like my whole childhood, that was pretty much how it was. And then her teens came and she started to hang out with like the wrong people, the wrong crowds, just kind of like getting in and out of trouble. Um, just surrounding herself with people that really just weren't her, which was crazy. Cause I was just like, you're just so smart. And like, you have such a future ahead of you and you're hanging out with like just people that I just wouldn't put her in the room with. Then she got into a bad accident and she was pretty hurt. She got like she got in a car accident. She was pretty hurt and her doctor prescribed her. This is just hearsay. I don't know exactly what it was, but I believe it was oxycodone. And that was where it spiraled. It started from right then and there. How do you prescribe a 16 year old multiple oxycodones? Um, And that's when her addiction began. So... Now I'm at the age where I'm starting to understand more. I know what's happening, but I didn't know it was drug related. I had no idea it was um, addiction abuse. I had no idea. I just thought her personality just took a flip and I didn't understand that. So she became really groggy, really bitchy, really just mean, really selfish. Um, And I think it was because at her age, again, she's very young at this time. I want to say like between 16 or 18. I want to say it was like maybe a little bit older than 16. I don't remember exactly. But I remember she was just about to get into nursing school. And that's a huge deal. She was pretty young. She was, again, she went to college a little bit early. So that's why it's like the time frame kind of messes with me because I don't know exactly when she was supposed to be starting her nursing program. But anyways, she ended up dropping out of school and just chased drugs, chased boys, and the oxycodone turned into more and then more and then more. Um, and it was just so, okay, so as a kid, then I remember her in and out of jail all the time, all the time, whether it was because she was with a trash boyfriend who was, they were in fights, whether it was a drug charge, whether it was a driving while license suspended. Like I kid you not, it was 20 plus arrests in a few years. And every single time my stepdad would go and bail her out 
every single time. Mind you, this is when we were like hurting for money. So I'm sitting here like, I don't have shoes that fit, but we're spending thousands of dollars to bail her out of jail. Like make this make sense to me. And this was also a time when like me and my brother, my only full blood brother, we were at a critical age in life where like we really needed stability. We needed our parents. We needed, um, we needed dinners at the table. Like I remember my 15th birthday, I sat alone with just me and my brother eating the dinner that my mom made us because my stepsister was supposed to come over for dinner and she got arrested on the way and my stepdad and mom ran to go bail her out of jail and it ended up taking all night long. It like I literally remember it like it was yesterday. I was eating dinner just me and my brother and just like damn once a fucking again and it's my birthday of all days of all days you couldn't even have waited until I went to bed and just played it off. You couldn't have let her sit in jail for just a few hours. Like it was just, and they, they didn't say what they were doing. They didn't tell me I found out the next day and it was just like, it just hurt. And I want to really just kind of structure this as like, okay. So there was multiple times where she would steal from me. I remember I got, um, Oh God, this just pisses me off. So I used to have these underwater cameras. I loved them so much. Photography has actually always been one of my big passions in life. Um, fun fact, I've just always wanted to be behind the camera. And I um, would have them stolen. I would have like iPods stolen. And my mom would go find them at a pawn shop and she would have to buy them back. And my mom used to love jewelry. My mom still does, excuse me. My mom still does love jewelry. But my mom used to make jewelry. So my mom had like in our office, in our house, she had like all these like racks of beads and strings and blah, 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 blah. And she kept all of her jewelry there. Not all of it, but like a lot of her like making jewelry. And for whatever reason, she had had her original wedding rings between her and my biological father, Bill, who just passed. And those were stolen and pawned. And my mom was never able to find those. So my brother and I lost out on our original parents, like our biological parents, wedding bands, like just the shit that she would do was because she was just addicted and she didn't give a fuck about anybody. She didn't care about anybody but herself. She would steal from us all the time. I just remember like people in and out of my bedroom. There was one time she came home from jail and this is so crazy that I'm even telling you guys this. Like there was one time because at this time we shared a room and we had bunk beds. She came home from jail And I want to say she had to go to a sober living house, came home from there and then brought bed bugs into my room. So I had bed bugs for quite a long time. Once we found out what bed bugs were, because I would go to the doctors, like I had all these itching and all this stuff. And the doctor was like, well, this looks like it might be a case of the bed bugs, but I don't know for sure. And my mom was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like we don't like that wouldn't make sense. Come to find out it was bed bugs. When I came to my dad's house for the summer, my mom went batshit fucking crazy trying to do as much as she could to get rid of all the bed bugs in my room. It was just, and I, I applaud my mom. Like, I love my mom dearly, but like, I couldn't imagine watching your kids have to take a back burner to other children and. Like, I don't, I don't believe in back burner, front burner. Like it should just be everybody's equal, but it just isn't like that with kids, especially when they're going through stuff. And my step parents have always put my half siblings or my step siblings above us. So my mom just kind of has always watched her two children just be like, which anyways, we're not going to get into this conversation. We can get into it at a later date. (laughs) 
This episode is brought to you guys by Natural Cycles. You guys know my love for Natural Cycles runs deep. For 10 plus years, Natural Cycles has been the birth control of choice for people who want non-hormonal or non-invasive. The app is absolutely phenomenal. It tells you when you are or are not fertile. And on the days that we are fertile, we are choosing to abstain just because we do not want to conceive a child right now. But say if we were in the time of being ready for a baby, we would have intercourse on those days because we would want to have a baby. So I love natural cycles. I've shared with them with shared them with you guys so many times. It is woman founded. Not only that, but she's a Nobel prize winning person and the amount of things and the knowledge that she has put into this app alone. Yes. The birth control is absolutely amazing from it and knowing your own body, but the amount of knowledge that's in this app as well, it tells you everything. It tells you all about your luteal phase, your period phase, your ovulation phase. Like it just explains so much about the woman's body. And I just think it's such a powerful tool to have right at our fingertips to just understand, understand what's going on in our bodies at that time, understand what's going on in our brains at that time, understand why I feel so bloated for a few days. And then it's like, come to find out I'm in my luteal phase. I didn't even know that was a phase. I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. Because every single time I'm in my luteal phase, I'm like, is this a four week belly? Nope. It's just my luteal phase, y'all. I love natural cycles. I've shared them with you guys so, so, so many times. And for human two listeners, I do have a code for you guys to use for 15% off your annual subscription. And this will also get you a free thermometer, which every single morning you just test your temperature, whether you do it, however you do it. If you do it on the temp on the thermometer and, or however else you check your temps, um, there's multiple ways you just input your temperature into the natural cycles app. And then that's how you track your ovulation because your temperature, your body temperature will be rising during your ovulation phase. So I will get the code for you. It is code Catherine at naturalcycles.com. So again, that's code Catherine at naturalcycles.com. This gets you 15% off your annual subscription and a free thermometer. This is sponsored by natural cycles and natural cycles is for 18 plus and does not protect against STIs. Just so you all are aware. But anyways, so my mom got rid of the bed bugs in our room and there was just time and time again where like just the shit she would put me through. And I remember like going on errands with her and she would tell me like we're running errands and I would be in like a random apartment in some guy's random apartment just sitting on his couch watching TV while I don't know what was happening in the other room. I just had to sit there and watch TV. Now looking back, it could make me cry the situations that she put me in. And as a kid, I didn't understand But thank fucking God I was not abused. Thank fucking God I was not sexually harassed, sexually abused. Like the amount of positions that I was put in and I didn't even realize how bad it could have looked and how bad things could have gone is terrifying. And I would have to lie or I'd have to say, oh yeah, we were at her friend's house or we were here, here, here. Like we ran to Target or we ran to the mall. Like, and I didn't know why we were lying. I just thought, oh, I'm looking up to my big sister. This is cool. I remember there was a time that she made me like pee in a cup and I didn't realize what it was for, you know, but I was just young. I was dumb. I had no idea. And now looking back, I'm just like, I was so naive. Then I got into my teen years and I started to realize, 
what was actually happening. And I was like, fuck this. Like I started to really hate her. I hated her. I hated her with a burning passion. I hated that I idolized her for so long. I hated that she got so much special treatment because mind you, while this was all going down, my mom and stepdad were so hard on us. They, and now it makes sense. Like looking back, they just didn't want us to follow the same life path and like make mistakes the way that the older two did. But it was like, it was so hard to watch these children. Cause like my stepbrother was kind of in and out of trouble a lot too. Very kind human being, but just in and out, in and out of a lot of trouble. And then me and my brother were like always under the microscope. We could never do anything right. We were always in trouble. We were always like really, really, really structured. And again, pros and cons there. Like we came out. Okay. At least I can speak for myself that I feel like I came out. Okay. And I feel like that actually really helped me. Um, but back in the day, like I really struggled with that. Um, so the older I got and I knew what was going on with her, I just hated her guts. I hated everything about her. I was just pissed at the world. I hated all addicts. I thought all addicts were losers. I literally was just like, how, because she tainted my brain so badly and my brain wasn't developed enough to understand what was going on and to understand addiction. So in my eyes, I was like, ew, if you touch drugs, you're weird. You're a loser. Like I wouldn't befriend anybody. If you pat like to this day, I've never touched anything past weed. I will never like I remember when I had my breast reduction and also my nose surgery, they prescribed me oxycodone and I was terrified to touch it. I didn't want to take it. I did take it on two days after both surgeries but what they prescribed I took a fourth of what they were telling me to take because that's how paranoid I am of addiction and I want to get into this because again I don't want to be insensitive to addicts out there because I understand now that I'm fully developed and I'm able to understand and look back and and really make informed decisions I understand that it's a disease and I understand that every storyline is different Do I think she would have ever gotten into drugs if that doctor back in her late teens ever prescribed her something so strong? Who knows? I don't know. But now looking back, I feel sad for her. I feel sad that a doctor said, take all this fucking medication. And then when like to now look back at her full life as a whole, she was with my stepdad full time because her mom was just not the mom that the courts wanted to be her to be with. So she was raised 100% custody with my stepdad and my mom. So my mom was really her mom and like the one that raised her. But imagine a kid going through that. I could not imagine life without my mother. I could not imagine. I loved my dad dearly. I love him still to this day, even though he's a year and further into the ground. But like I wanted, like I loved being with my mom. I love knowing my mom. I love being loved by my mom. I couldn't imagine not being raised with a mother that's my own mother. So to then have like that, that hole in your heart and also now being prescribed a shit ton of oxycodone, of course your brain's going to love it. And you're going to be like, Ooh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm numbing a lot that's going on internally and that a child hasn't ever dealt with. I don't think she went to therapy that I can't speak to it, but I never really remember her going to therapy as a kid. I don't know if my stepdad just didn't believe in it. I don't know if she didn't want to. But like now when I look back, you can't give a young kid that strong of a medication that has so much inner healing to do because that's what it it turns into and more and more and more. And to my knowledge, she's still alive to this day. Um, To my knowledge, she is trying to be on the right path. I don't 
know what that means. I don't know what that looks like. I had seen her a few years ago and I had just, she just still looks like she's addicted, but now she has a child and, and that's sad to me because I'm like, fuck, now there's a baby involved. Like I can't, again, I can't speak to if she is or is not still clean, but I just remember years of like my parents really struggling of like, how do we help her? How do we, do we force her into rehab? Do we force her to stay in jail? Like do, what do we do? And I remember my mom being so fed up of like, okay, we got to start giving tough love because like what, like the soft love isn't working. Um, and they just wouldn't align. And I remember it being a very, very, very big issue. I'm sure as a father watching his little girl go through this, he didn't want to let her sit in jail. But my mom being like, well, okay, bailing her out isn't doing anything either. Like we're just enabling her. Um, I don't know. I just, I can't speak on it, but I, I, why I wanted to talk about this is because one, it was something that I went through and it was something that was really hard and heavy on my chest. There's been so many experiences where, um, I felt weird as a kid having a sibling that was an addict. I didn't talk about it. I remember watching my friends realize that she was no longer the cool, big older sister. And now she was very far removed. I remember people asking me like, your sister looks like she's on drugs. And I was like, Oh yeah, she just lost a lot of weight. And they were like, no, like she has bumps all over her arms. And I was like, Oh, she was camping, you know, like you just start, I just remember those feelings and like the things that would be said. And then the arguments between her and I, or the arguments between her and my mom, she hated my mom out of nowhere. She started to really hate my mom. And now again, looking back, I think it was a projection of she hated her mother. She hated her mom for not being the mom that she needed. And then my mom being there for like me and my older brother, like I think she hated that there was a mom that was present with two younger kids in the house. So then she turned it as like, fuck your mom. And they, she hated my mom. I remember my mom like would try to discipline her or be like, mind you, my stepdad disciplined the fuck out of me and my brother. So like, it's only right that my mom's able to discipline like, hey, get off the computer because your little sister's sleeping. Mind you, we always shared a room. And I remember my mom came in and was like, hey, can you please get off the computer? Like your Catherine's sleeping. And she was on MySpace at the time and it just started a fat feud I remember it was like a full fist fight this this girl literally came to my mom and like full-on fist fighting and my stepdad took my sister my stepsister's side so it was just like this huge ordeal all the time of like I don't know it was just craziness but okay so I kind of got the gist off I haven't really ever shared this story um I will say as a child watching it feeling it and just seeing it all unfold, it's really sad. It was really hard. It's not something I wish upon anybody. But now as an adult, I still to this day struggle with addiction. Um, not myself, but I struggle with the thought of addiction. I don't gamble. I don't, I've never tried a cigarette in my life. I've never tried a drug. Um, alcohol is really the deepest I've ever gotten. Like where it was like those few years after 21 where you're constantly partying, rallying, running amok. And, and now even alcohol, I'm like, I just don't enjoy alcohol. I don't enjoy the feeling that it does to my body. I don't enjoy the, the poison that it poisons me with. Like, I just don't enjoy it. But I wanted to say like, now looking back, I really actually love that I had to go through that. And I had to witness my step siblings do things because I've always said they lived 
and taught me lessons so I didn't have to touch the stove on my own. And now I really respect it. But I have such a grace and I have such a forgiveness to her specifically because, again, I couldn't imagine being in her shoes. I can't imagine the, the empty hole that she had in her heart that she was trying to fill with a substance. And clearly it just wasn't getting her further in life. It wasn't, I don't know, it just is so sad. I look back and I'm like, damn, all that she could have been if she just wouldn't have touched that needle. All she could have done if she wouldn't have fallen in love with the drug dealer. Like selling a little, cha-ching, or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the final real life store stage all the way down to did we just hit a million dollars. Shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS systems. Whatever and wherever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout at 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify sign up for one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash human two that's all lowercase you're going to go to shopify.com slash human two now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash human two and it's sad like I just wish I hope anyone going out there, like anyone out there that's experiencing like addiction within their close circle. So you yourself, you are not addicted, but you have somebody that you love so deeply. Give them that grace. I mean, it, it again, there's a fine line between enabling and not wanting them to like die um, because that that happens too. like overdoses. I remember she overdosed many times. There were so many times where we we're like, damn, is this it? Like, is this is she gone? And that sucks too, because it's like, okay, well, if you enable it and they pass, then you're like, fuck, I enabled it. If you tough love it and they die, you're like, fuck, we literally should have loved them more. Like there's no right answer to an addiction. And I think that's what the hardest part is as the person who's not the addict and the loved, and you're just a loved one trying to help. There's no right answer. You're like, do we tough love? Do we enable? Do we do we ignore it? Like, what is the right answer? And at the end of the day, there is no right answer. Each person, and this is for addicts and sober, no matter what, every person needs love and interprets love differently. And we all give love differently. We all communicate differently. This is why it's so, so important. And Raphael and I really believe in like communication with your children and really, really sitting down and being intentional with how you speak to them. And just showing them like, hey, this is why we don't do drugs. And this is why this could be scary. I mean, shit, everything's laced nowadays. There's 15 year olds that are trying drugs for the first time. There's 10 year olds trying drugs for the first time and it's killing them. So there's conversations that have to be had of like, 
here's why. I understand your friends think this is funny. I understand your friends are doing it, but we don't want you to touch it because there's a lot of bad people out in this world that don't care about you and all they care about is money. And they're going to lace it with something because they want to make a little bit more money and your body just so little, like just really sitting down when teaching your kids, like we don't touch drugs. I remember telling my little brothers, cause my two little brothers who are my half brothers, I was like, don't ever touch a fucking drug. I was like, you can tell me and I want you to tell me if you do, but like, just so you are fully aware, I do not mess with that. I do not condone that. I do not approve that. And I will rip you a new asshole if you touch a drug. And to my knowledge, to this day, both of them have said that they have never touched a drug minus weed. And I don't really necessarily believe weed is in like a drug, but like we're not going to get into that topic. Um, It's just so hard watching because, again, you got to give grace and you want to understand like why why did they start? And when I talked to my therapist about stuff like that, she said a feeling happens because an action happens. So something happened that you now have a thought on and that thought led you to a feeling. So if you can get under the feelings, get back into the thoughts and then dig down into where did that thought start? Oh, something happened. Okay. So say you're driving the road, you're driving down the road and you see something and then you have a thought. Say you see a homeless person. And this might not be a great analogy, but you see a homeless person and you think to yourself, that's so sad. Like, dang, that 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 just made me think of like what my life could be if I didn't grind or if I didn't have family support or whatever the case may be. And then you feel sad. You feel sad for that person. You're like, you're sad that they're on the streets. You're sad they don't have a home to go to. So that's where you got to start thinking, okay, why am I sad? Well, because I had the thought of like, dang, that homeless person. Okay, now let's get into, okay, I saw a homeless person. That's where my therapist says you got to get back to when the action happened. Like what happened to lead to the thought, to lead to the feeling. And I feel like a lot of times we don't, we just have a feeling or a judgment towards somebody and we don't get to the underlying of like what happened to make them want to pick up that drug. What happened to them in their lifetime where they're they're leaning towards something else for a coping mechanism. And all we do is we say, oh my God, I can't believe you touched that drug. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you're addicted. Oh my God. Like, oh my God, her parents must suck. Or, oh my God, like her life home, like her life at home must suck. And nobody sits down and is like, what was the first thing that happened to that person to make them pick that up? What action happened in their life that made them react? And I don't know, I know I'm going on like a little bit of a a railroad here with you guys or a roller coaster here with you guys. But like when I think of an addict, I think of something happened to them in this lifetime that made them pick that up. And something happened to me in this lifetime that made me not pick it up. So we're both traumatized in different ways. I'm traumatized because I saw how quickly drugs can ruin somebody's life. I saw how quickly drugs can affect every single person in that person's circle that never even touched the drug. Meaning my mom and stepdad, they didn't touch the drugs. Me and my siblings, we didn't touch the drugs, but we were all affected. Shit, even my dad and my stepmom were affected watching their kids over in Florida have to witness all this stuff. So there's that one person's action led to a massive reaction from a lot of other people that it affected. And ultimately, I just kind of wanted to get this all off my chest because, again, there's no right or wrong. It sucks being the people that have to watch it. 
But I'm sure it sucks for the addict too, being like, damn, I want so badly to figure out why I need this or how to stop this or what got me to this point. And here I am just addicted. And in the feel, I would rather feel nothing than feel everything because working through therapy and working through the, the psychiatry and going to a psychiatrist and sitting down and saying like, I'm triggered here. I'm like my ADHD test took me two hours before he diagnosed me with ADHD. And that was a brutal test to sit through. You're basically naming all of your flaws, all of your imperfections. You're sitting down saying, dang, I low key kind of suck. Like, why am I not normal? Some people don't want to do that. Some people don't have the privilege to be able to afford that. Well, I'm like, well, if you can afford the hardcore drugs, I'm sure you can afford psychiatry. Maybe. I don't know. I don't want to be insensitive there, but I'm just sitting here like it's a lot of hard, hard work to sit down and be like, I need to work on myself. So a lot of people turn to the easy answer. Let's turn it all off. Say, fuck the world. I don't want to work through what's happened to me. I don't give a fuck what people around me think. I don't care if I die. A lot of them don't care. There's so many people I've sat through so many different meetings and, and, and just trying to understand her brain because I felt so sad and I would watch YouTube videos on addiction. I would watch like, I would listen to Ted talks on it. I would listen to this kind of stuff because I was like, why? And so many people said, because they just didn't care if they wanted to die. They didn't care if they died. And it's just so wild to me how many people out there have that train of thought of like, I would rather die than deal with this. And it breaks your heart. It makes you so sad because you're like, but you have so much value here on earth. You have so much value here as a human being. We love you. Like, what are you talking about? But they just haven't been able to sit down. And again, I don't really know. I know that a lot of you guys, I'm going to open up to questions on Instagram this week because I know that there's gonna be a lot of questions because right now I'm just kind of like going back to my old ways when I first started I think I'm human too I just wanted to sit down and walk through a life experience that I had and just kind of put it all out there and then I would do a part two for you guys and I'm gonna do that this time around I'm gonna open it up to Instagram this coming week when this episode hits and I'm gonna say what questions do you guys have what stories do you guys have if you have something to say share it with me I would love to hear your guys' stories as well because I know I'm not the only one, whether I'm a sibling or whether you're a sibling, whether you're a child, whether you're a parent to an addict, a friend, a cousin, an aunt, an uncle, whatever the case may be. There's so many people out there that are battling with this. And again, I've had to do a lot of self-reflection of like turning my hate and my judgment towards her into let's understand, let's sympathize. I give grace. Do I ever think I would sit down with her? maybe one day. I don't know. I don't really care to ever. I think the amount of actions that have happened, I just think that chapter's closed and that book doesn't need to get reopened. There's no conversation that needs to happen. Maybe one day if she was completely sober for years and years and years and we just so happened to connect, maybe. I'm never going to say never, but I do know that Again, I don't believe she's clean. Unfortunately, I don't think she is. So now's not my day to say that. But I do give so much grace. And I give so much empathy to the fact that she was raised without something and the love that she needed. And I was talking to a really good friend. And she had said, Catherine, like, you have to ask for forgiveness to, to a lot of people. Because 
not everybody receives love the way we give love. And that's as a whole. We as human beings, we can't just ex- ex- um, expect forgiveness. We have to ask and we have to say, hey, I might not have done anything that intentionally, like when I was talking to my therapist, let me just full circle this for a second. I know I just went squirrel on you. So I was talking to my therapist and I said, I feel so much guilt. And she said, well, guilt is not a feeling. So you're born with five feelings, anger, joy, sad, fear, and then something else. Those are your five feelings you're born with. Every other feeling is conditioned, meaning guilt stemmed from sadness. So you are sad, which makes that, that, that the world is how it is. So you feel guilt when you eat. Like I literally feel guilty if I don't finish my food. I feel guilty because I'm sad there's people out there that are starving. I genuinely have this conversation in my own head of like, damn, I have to finish this food because I feel so guilty. And she was like, no, you don't. You've you've been taught to feel guilty, but you actually feel sad. Let's get to the source of where the sadness is. Okay, you feel sad that there's people out there that are starving. Okay, now we've acknowledged why I feel guilt of why I'm not finishing my food. So I take it to court and I say, hey, judge, I'm guilty of not finishing my food. And he's going to say, well, there's no crime that was committed. So you're not guilty of anything. You are sad. Okay. If I ran somebody over at 100 miles an hour in my car and I purposely did it, I said, stand right there. And I said, and I go right through them. And I take that to court and I say, yes, judge, I went 100 miles an hour at a pedestrian on purpose. He's going to say, you are guilty, you are convicted, and you are going to prison. That's guilt. You are guilty of a wrongful action. You are not guilty of feeling a feeling that you didn't, you didn't go out and intentionally hurt anybody. There, that is not guilt. You are not convicted. You ain't going to prison. So where I was going with this is I have had to re and unlearn those feelings, but I've also had to learn that everybody's love language, everybody's acceptance, everybody's rejection. We all are different. There is no brain out there in this world that is like mine. There's no heart out there in this world that's like mine or yours. Did I almost just burp in your face? Yeah. Or yours. There's nobody out there. And I had said that, like, I'm like, when I was talking to my therapist, I had said, but my siblings, like we were raised in the same house. We have the same blood. And they're like, yeah, but you have a different heart and you have a different brain. You've interpreted different life experiences differently. You might say, oh my God, I can't believe that would turn you to drugs. But that other person would say, fuck, I I don't know how you withstood all that and didn't have something to lean on. Like, what are you talking about? So everybody's entitled to that. And when I was talking to my girlfriend, she was like, you can't just expect everybody to just be like, you're a great human being, Catherine, because you go out with greatness. But sometimes I just expect them to just know that I love them. And I love my siblings so dearly and so deeply. But to them, they've been like, hey, Kat, like you're really like, I'm not reciprocating the love that you're giving me. And I've had to learn that over time that just because I love and I love hard doesn't mean that they're absorbing that love. To them, it might be suffocation. To them, it might be tough love. To them, it might be toxic love. Like, And I have to acknowledge that. And I have to say, you know what? You're right. Like, Just because I don't think I'm toxic doesn't, and I'm not intentionally going out and harming you. I'm not poisoning you. I'm not saying, fuck you. I'm just saying, hey, like, you deserve more. Like you can work more in your lifetime. Like you can work for more. Like to them that might be like, well, fuck you. You know, like how dare you? But to me, I'm like, no, I love you. I want more for you. But to them, they're like, no, you're being really toxic. Like I don't want you in my life. And I've had to understand that like 
we all have to sit down and give each other forgiveness. And I do want to say to her, like, and to my siblings and to other people and to friends, like, I'm, I want you to forgive me for not knowing how to love you. I was loving you the hardest that I physically possibly could. And to me, that's what I would have needed in the time of things that you were going through was the way I'm loving you. So I'm sorry that my love wasn't what you needed. And I'm sorry that it's taken me this long to understand and give grace instead of judgment. And I'm sorry that it's taken me this long to say, I forgive you and please forgive me because I didn't know what addiction was like. I didn't know what growing up without a mom was like. I didn't know. So I'm sorry. But on the flip, I'm not, I'm just not in the shoes to be able to have that conversation with her. So that's why I'm sharing this with you guys of like, one, I wanted to get off my chest. Two, I know that there's a lot of people out there that maybe aren't the addicts, but they are related to, or they're in, they're a loved one of, and it's hard. It's hard shoes to be in. But again, when you can get under why they are, and if we can get to the source of the reason why that person picked that up, maybe that's a starting point of like, damn, okay, maybe we can go there. Or if you're a parent and you're witnessing things like understanding that these kids are there, it's coming from somewhere, get to the root of the issue and say like, what is making you feel this? Like, what is making you act out like this? And, and saying like, like, say for example, if we had a child that was really naughty And I was like, why are you so naughty? Like, what is going on? Why are you misbehaving so poorly? I've even noticed this within our dogs. Like our chihuahua will get really snippy and protective over me when she notices I'm paying more attention to the puppy. She gets protective over me. And then she not only that, but she gets really snippy at her sister and is like, fuck you. Like you get too much attention. And when I've started to notice why her actions are naughty and why she's being so mean and aggressive. And I've noticed it's because she's feeling a lack of attention and she's feeling not as loved. And it's like, that's an easy fix. That's such an easy fix. But instead of me being like, you're naughty, go to your kennel. She's lifted her head up. She, I've just noticed that, and again, this is just such a wild, like, I'm understanding that two dogs is not equivalent to dealing with that, but it is something that I've sat with my therapist and I've just said, like, I, I don't want to be that person that has hate and judgment anymore towards anybody or anything. Like, I want to be like, damn, you know what? I could not imagine the shoes you're being in. You're standing in. Again, this is another conversation I'd had with her just because we can understand and we sympathize for what they've been through does not mean that we need to excuse their behaviors. For example, we can walk through all these things and say like, hey, I understand that you're hurting. I understand why it led you to this. But the way you're treating me and the things that you're saying to me are not excused just because I understand why. So that's another really big thing. And that's a very fine line to have to walk of like, I sympathize. I understand. I give grace but I also love, I also have boundaries and I also am ready when you are. But until you are, I'm going to sit on this fine line and I'm going to love you from a distance. And I'm experiencing that in my life of just having to love people from a distance right now, because being in their life to me and watching some of the things that happen and they allow, I'm like, I don't have to allow that in mine. And it's just, it's just a very hard, fine line. So I'm going to wrap this episode up because I know that this was 
a lot. I know that this was a lot of just like honestly just brain dumping and there was so many like roller coasters in and out and dumps in and out and ups and downs and I'm sure a lot of my storyline was messed up and I'm sure a lot of things were left out but I just wanted to just share and again go over to Instagram I'm going to put it on the human twos page not on Catherine's page so head over to human two this Thursday when this episode airs I will put a question box actually I'll probably put it the following day so everybody has a little bit of time drop your questions and then also if you have stories if you want to share a storyline send us an email on Instagram I will put the email so you can email us your story I want to share your guys' stories as well so reach out let's talk about it I um I, again, I'm sorry for just being so everywhere. I just, I just had to get it off my chest. Okay. Okay. Well, head over to Instagram. I will see you guys next week and I'm excited to dig deeper into some other people's stories and then also answer some of your guys' questions. I love you so much. If you are experiencing this firsthand or you are experiencing addiction, my heart goes out to you guys. I just hope you know that I'm saving space for you and let's start with, let's start with getting to the root of the problem or the root of the action so we can start to understand where the thoughts and where the feelings came from. So we'll chat next week. Goodbye.